0: And now your host, multimillionaire, national award-winning investor, CEO, and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, we're going to start this conversation off with something a little different. Uh, I was going back through some music, uh, revisiting my... Younger years and music and getting involved again with music, and uh, so I've been listening to a lot of different bands and a lot of different songs. And I was listening to one the other day, and a song came up. The lyrics just kind of hit me, kind of struck me hard. And uh, I looked at it and studied it, and it it led to questions in my mind. And I think these questions I'm going to bring up today, because I think that it's the difference between reality and the picture that these lyrics create, somewhere in between there's where we really live. And I'm trying to figure out for myself, uh, for this conversation, for you, if there's really any truth to what these people are saying in this song. So the song, I don't know if you've ever heard it before, it's called Rich Man. It's by Little Big Town. It's kind of a country song. And uh, unlike most country songs, it's not sad. It's kind of happy, which is a good thing. And I'm going to go after it. And by the way, I can't sing, so I'm not going to sing it to you, but I am going to try to rhyme it, the lyrics, as much as I can so you can kind of get the feel of it. It goes, yeah, I'm a rich man without a lick of money better than a blessed man, had all I ever wanted. I got everything I need, got love and a family. So let's just start with that paragraph right there. I'm a rich man. Why am I rich? Because I've got everything that I need. There it is. What do you need? I got love and a family. That's all he's got right there. And So far in this thing, this discussion, he's got love and family. So think back when you were a young kid. And you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and that was everything to you. I remember having a girlfriend and being in love, and, you know, you had your family. So you had the support of your family. You have a love of uh, your life. And sort of this little, you live in this little naive world that this is all there really is, and you've got everything you need. And the answer is probably you do have everything you need. But the reality is, how do you have everything you need? And why is that not enough? See, the real question in my mind is, why do things change as you get older? Why is that not enough when you're 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old? Why do people keep striving? I've asked myself this question. I've asked other people this question. I never get the answer uh, is, look, you made $100,000 a year. I taught you how to replace that $100,000 a year with passive income now you don't have to work and you still have the same amount of money why are you not happy what will you say i am happy well of course you're happy you you've got everything you had before and you don't have to work for it now so you're you're more happy but the question is why do you want more well i just want more but why if you poor this guy says i'm blessed i have everything i need Why do you want more? See, that's the sad part about this song is if you're really a kind, nice, loving, maybe even this gets into religious person, and you believe that just being nice and kind and loving and having a family is all there is to life, then why do you want more? Now, obviously, you listen to a radio show from someone like me who's teaching you how to become financially free, hence one step further than that financially successful, hence one step further than that financially wealthy. That's not being satiated. This happiness, this love and a family isn't making it for you. There's got to be more to life, right? So it goes on to the next paragraph. It says, I'm a hardworking man. You plant the seed and sow it. On Sundays, I go to church, man. I need help and I know it. But God's been good to me, better than he had to be. So the next thing is, okay, I'm a working man. I take my seed and I plant it. One of my favorite songs when I was growing up was Working Man, rock song. Down, 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 Bottom line, I'm a working man. Many people take pride from being a working man. Pride of being a working man. Pride of their work. Work is in itself something more than just a way to produce a living. I know that once I retired. I create work for myself. I build things. That's one of my hobbies. I raise things. That's one of my hobbies. I learn and teach new things. That's one of my hobbies. And those are all could be and may be considered work. So work in and of itself could be considered a good thing. But why is it that my whole program thrives on the concept of teaching people how to get out of work? What is it? Why don't these two theories work together? Why is it we don't like the rat race? Why is it we don't like getting in the little wheel and spinning the wheel every day, running around the little rat cage? Why is it we don't like the cubicle? Cubicle prison, I call it. Why is work so terrible if it's supposed to be so good? And then there's the God thing. I'm a God man, and I know it because I know I can't do it by myself. When all other things, there's just nothing left, you just lump it into God, God will get me through everything. So I'm a God man. And everything that goes wrong, I can dump it back onto God. God will either fix it or tell me that. He would never give me a burden that's so heavy I couldn't carry. He'd never entrust me with a challenge that was so hard I couldn't overcome it. So that becomes my rationalization for everything that happens bad to me. Not good. I mean, you don't, you, you know, you thank God for good things, right? But you really thank, you look to God for the bad things and say, why are you doing this to me? And. When you think about that, you you look around and say, why is everybody else so much more successful than I am? And by being a God man, it's very simple because you don't need anything else. You have everything you need. And yet some of the richest people I know are very religious. So how does religion fall into all this? I'm a good man. I'm a rich man. I'm a happy man. There's people that live and say that just by being religious, everything they need in life they get from their religion. So you've got your family, your wife, your kids, or your husband and your kids, and your parents and your family and your whole heritage. You've got your job and the people you work with and the people around you that build this security blanket for you. And then you've got God that just encompasses it all. You got it all. You're a rich man. Yet, why do you join up to programs like mine? To learn how to make more money. To learn how to get out of work that's so important. Right? Let's go on to the next one. Yeah, in my soul, one thing I know, I ain't looking for a pot of gold. That ain't what this life means to me. I keep my head up high, feet on the ground. I love the ones I'm living around. Life is just that simple to me. Yeah, I'm a rich man. And we're pulling the lyrics apart and asking ourselves a simple question. If being happy is as simple as having a family, having a spouse, having a job, having a church in your life, If that makes you a rich man, like the song says, then why do people struggle? Why do people strive? Why are people so unhappy? Why is the world so unhappy? Why are there so many people wanting to join and learn how to become wealthy? Why are there so many people that don't like where they're at? And why is there so much turmoil in the world? What all is this giant mass of misery that's going on in our country right now, in this world right now, about if it's that simple? I'm a rich man. Yet when I heard the song and I'm listening to the lyrics, I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, I surely believe that that's true, isn't it? That if you were just a simple person that had simple desires, that you would be happy. But I had to challenge that thought. I wish that were true, but I had to challenge that thought. So we're on to the, the third course now. It says, hey, in my soul, one thing I know I ain't looking for a pot of gold. Who is now looking for a pot of gold? Well, maybe a lot of people aren't. I know a lot of, I would agree, a lot of people are not looking for a pot of gold. That ain't what this life's meant to me. I keep my head up high, my feet on the ground. That's another thing. Be proud. Keep grounded. Be a decent human being. Love the ones I'm living around. Life is just that simple to me. Yeah, I'm a rich man. So there it is. Naming what's really important in life in this song, right? So not only we, we just keep naming them for you. What's important in life is family, right? Family being your the one you come from. Family being the one you live with, your spouse and kids, uh, your church, your job, right? And now not looking for a pot of gold, which I'm going to I'm going to classify that as being satiated. You're satisfied. You don't want a pot of gold. You don't want a bigger car. You don't want a motor home. You don't want a boat. You don't want a yacht. You don't want a fishing boat. You don't want just now. You're just good. Now, I'm telling you, I don't know very many people that are just good. I'm just good. To be honest with you, but I got a lot of money. I, I accumulated a lot of wealth to get to that point where I'm just good. And I'm happy and I'm serene. And all these things that this song is talking about, I'm going, yeah, that's me. I got that family. I've got that. I've got the businesses and the, and the work, and I've got the religion, and I've got all these things that you fall back on. My, and my feet are firmly grounded and planted in the ground, and I'm not after a pot of gold. And that's what we all think. But yet, I'm buying another piece of real estate this week signing the contract yesterday why well because it's the logical thing to do Dell, you see you have money accumulating over here as you accumulate money unless you're just going to go squandering buy more and more stuff you need to do something with the money so what do you do with the money you take the money you go buy another investment and you just keep it willfully employed so it's doing the right thing so you're out there in society creating the economy and making things happen for more people because if you help enough other people in this world get what they want, you can have whatever you want. Well, you've already got whatever you want. There's still more money coming because you're doing such a good job of getting everybody what they want. Then what do you do with this money? Well, you put it back to work, get it back out there into the real world, get it cycling again. And then what happens with all that? Well, then you end up with more money. And then when you end up with more money, you got, you're right back in the same cycle again. Now you got to figure out what to do with the money. Of course, you could spend it all. You could squander it. You could do that. You could give it all away to charities, Right. You could be a good man and a rich man, and maybe there's a possibility you can be both. But this song here saying sort of seems to say that no, you can't be both. You got to be one or the other. Maybe I'm misreading that into the song, though. Uh, that's why I'm trying to go through it here today to let's go through it and analyze it. By the way, if you want to hit me up with your beliefs and feelings about this, uh, email me at askdell at l u i n c dot com. Ask Dell at L-U-I-N-C dot com. It goes on and says, I'm going to tell the truth, man, just like mama preached it. I'm a red, white, and blue man. My daddy fought to be free. And man, I still believe, I still believe in the land of the free. Guy wrote me a scathing, scathing email the other day about how, how could I say This is the greatest country in the world. I I might even bring this email on the radio. Um, I'm, I'm having a very personal interaction with this guy just to find out what he's really trying to say, because it's just, it was scathing. And he's saying, this country is terrible and everything about it. And why do you say this is the greatest country in the world when everything in it is wrong and bad and whatever? The real question here is, I live in the land of free. My dad fought to defend the land of free. Is this really the land of free anymore? I can name about 10 words that I can't say on the radio today that I could have said on the radio two years ago, three years ago. They just It's not free of speech, freedom of speech anymore, I'll guarantee you that. The liberals have destroyed freedom of speech. Um, not free to do what you want anymore, uh, both sides. The conservatives won't let you do certain things, and the liberals won't let you do other things. That's what's so funny about it. I had, uh, you know, well, I'm not even going to get into the political stuff because it doesn't go anywhere. But the bottom line is, you know, that pick either side and they both have things they don't want us to do. So it's not really free. Right. And what's weird is it's less free all the time. You would think it was getting more free. The progressives are trying to make it more free, have been trying to make it more free. That's why when you're a kid, you're always a progressive. You want to be free to do what you want to do. That's what a kid does. But when you get old, you become a conservative uh, because that's when you want the world to stay the same. You figured it out. You've got yourself a nice, cushy little safe spot in the world, and you want the world to stay the same. You don't want it to keep changing. You don't want people to ruffle the feathers of the world. And that's why the saying goes that if you're not born, if you're not born a liberal— and grow up to be a conservative, <laughs> then you're dead. <laughs> yeah, they've got some really cute saying like, uh, "You you you never have experienced life because those are the two sides of life that you experience. One is wanting to be free, and then later on, wanting no one else to be free. So everything you figured out stays the same." Goes on and says, "Yeah, in my soul, one thing I know." ain't looking for a pot of gold. That ain't what life means to me. I keep my head up high and my feet on the ground. I love the ones I live around. Life is just simple to me. Yeah, I'm a rich man. Yeah, I'm a rich man. So that's a repeat there. But again, the same thing. That concept of keeping your feet on the ground, right? And your head up high. How do you keep your head up high? What is there to be proud of, right? You're driving a broken down car. You live in a broken down house. We'll discuss this when we come back from the break. This is a good question. We'll be right back with the Del Walter Radio Show. To creating the lifestyle you really want. Keep listening, The Del Wamsley Radio Show returns in moments. You allowed 15,000 members into your sandbox. Thank, you. Thank yeah. you. And so that speaks volume. so for that, and as a family. So you know why I did that? Everybody what? always asks, why did you do this? Because I was an ugly kid. My parents used to have to put a pork chop around my neck so the dog would play with me. And so I always wanted to have friends, and I figured if I could make people rich, they might be my friend. (laughs) Join Dell and his successful friends. Start with the free online workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Del Womsey Radio Show. Today, I have been covering a song called Rich Man by Little Big Town. And the basic premise of the song is that I'm a rich man because I'm a simple man. I'm a rich man because I have my family. I have my job. I have my religion. Um, What else does he say he has here? Um, Oh, he has his pride, and his—he's grounded, and all those are good American beliefs, and standards. That, hey, I'm sitting here telling you. When I heard the song, I was in love with. I thought, man. I really wish it were that easy. But as I listened to it and I was talking to my wife, I said, you know, I really wish it was that easy that people could just be happy. They could just go get married and have a family and be happy and have kids and be happy and have a job and be happy. All right. Go to church on Sundays and be good people and live a righteous life. And But that's not what the world seems to be made up of. Good 70 of the people don't seem to fall into that that bucket. Uh, Now, first thing is, is that maybe I'm just seeing it from what you see on TV. And, you know, they say that if it bleeds, it leads in the news. So in other words, if it's bad stuff, they show it to us. If it's good stuff, you don't. So you don't really see the common folk, the good common folk. But I'm going to take one step beyond all that and just come back to this. Let's say you had all those things. Would you be happy if you had all that and you had a broken down car and you couldn't get your kid to school? Would you be happy if that car couldn't get your wife to the hospital when she's pregnant? Would you be happy if that car couldn't get you to work every day so you could keep that job and you kept losing that job? So if all of those things went wrong in your life, you wouldn't be a rich man, not even intellectually a rich man, let alone, you know, physically a rich man, not even metaphorically a rich man. You wouldn't be rich. You would be poor, impoverished because you have a broken down car. So we all strive to have at least a car. Right. How about if you didn't have a place to live? What if you lived under a bridge? You still had your family, right? You still had a job, but you had nowhere to live. What if you lived in a slum and your home gets robbed? Would you be a rich man then? Would having the ability to plant your family in a nice house, in a nice neighborhood, be worthwhile in this dream of just being a rich man? Or is just having the esoteric examples that this song brings up about being a rich man. They're very esoteric. Hey, if I had this, I'm a rich man. I don't need a pot of gold. That's not who I am. I'm a rich man. I've got family. i got friends. i got a job. I'm a rich man. So, what if your job was miserable? What if your job was just stress and strain not to mention heavy hard labor that might even be okay heavy hard labor you can get used to and feel like you're accomplishing something come home tired at night, fall asleep but just someone beating a liver bejeebers out of you psychologically every day at work i went through that it's terrible i didn't feel like a rich man not even metaphorically did i feel like a rich man and i have all kinds of skill sets and i'm got quite a bit of talent and I've God blessed me with a tremendous amount of motivation and abilities. So what about if you couldn't afford to put your kid in the hospital? What if you couldn't afford to put your kid in school? What if you couldn't afford for your kid to have clothes to go to school, they had to wear just, you know, just uh, leftovers and hand-me-downs and I guess you could still be happy then, huh? People were for years during the, you know, the poorer times in our country. But have those times passed? I mean, I was sitting there discussing this with my wife the other day. It's like our kid is having a grandchild. And the contraptions you have to buy now, my wife was like, oh, boy, this would really make life having a baby easy. And I'm going, this is expensive. Not that I'm worried about the money being, you know, too much so we can afford. Don't even get it. It's just my brains going back to how could the average family afford a 1200, $1,300 stroller, a $700, you know, car seat, you know, a thousand dollar baby bed, um, where, where where did all this stuff come from that made this the only way to be happy? And by God, my wife believes that if th- that kid doesn't get all that expensive stuff, she won't be happy. Either that or she just realizes we got so much money she doesn't care and she'll just blow it. Could be either. But the bottom line is, is that people believe they need that stuff. And these kids aren't rich. I mean, they've both got moderately paying jobs. And You just ask the question, is there a reason to want more in life? Is there a real reason to want more? How about just security? What about the day you lose your job? Well, I guess you're not a rich man if you don't have that job, because it says right here, I have a family. Until your wife leaves you, right? I have a family until your kids leave you or all the different things kids are doing now. And I mean, I could go through a load of them and all it would do would make half of you or a third of you or a fourth of you out there mad because kids are just out of their minds now. And parents are letting them be out of their minds now. And society and liberals are actually trying to program them to be out of their minds. So are you a happy man? Are you a rich man if your kid is that whacked out? Right. It's out there. Same thing with your spouses. Same thing with all the communicable diseases. Same thing with all the other problems that are out there in this world. You know, when you look at it and you think about. Is it necessary to try to have enough money to insulate yourself from. To elevate yourself from. The bad stuff in society? Or is it okay just to be this rich man, metaphorically? Without a lick of money. Says it right there, without a lick of money. Better than a blessed man. Have all I ever wanted. I got everything I need. I got love and family. I'm a hard working man. I plant a seed and sow it. A Sunday going church man. I need help, you know it. God God's been good to me better than he had to be. Right? Better than he had to be. That's probably true for all of us, is it not? Yeah, my soul one thing I know, I ain't looking for out oh, for a pot of gold. That ain't what life means to me. Keep my head up and my feet on the ground, love the ones I'm round. Life's just simple to me. Yeah, I'm a rich man. There it is. Summed up. Now, email askdell at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Askdell, that's D-E-L, at l-u-i-n-c dot com. Tell me why. Tell me why you need more in life than what this guy metaphorically says makes him a rich man. Or do you? I would love to know that it's Okay to want nothing, to need nothing, to live this very basic life and that that would be all that's needed. But if it's not, then how do you control the gradation? How much more is okay? A little more? A medium amount more? A lot more? And once more becomes important, then... How does more not be more at every level of more? When is more ever enough in life? And that's when you have to come to the conclusion I came to many, many years ago, about 40, 50 years ago, when I decided that it's not the money. It's the lifestyle. It's the quality of the life you live. That's the difference. And that's what life is all about. So my friends, I started something that talked about, not the money, but the quality of life. We're hitting the mailbag now, and um, someone sent me a link to an article that says that uh, FCC is trying to decide if they're going to change the evaluation or the definition of an accredited investor. Now, an accredited investor, for those of you who don't know, is someone who is financially successful enough that they are deemed safe to make their own financial decisions and to get into deals that are very, very risky. In many of these private deals out there, which are now becoming more frequent and of larger dollar amounts than publicly traded transactions, the private traded transactions are now about 10% higher overall than publicly started companies. And so the point is people are getting into these private companies instead of these publicly traded companies and in many cases doing quite well and or in the past have done quite well because it's really more of an insider type deal. You know what's going on inside of the transaction more than you would if you're in a publicly traded company, quote unquote type of a deal. Now, the thing is, they're saying that in this article that they want to change the accreditation or what it is that you would need to qualify. What it is now is you have to have a net worth of a million dollars per family, not counting the value of your personal residence, or you have to make $200,000 a year as a single person for two years in a row and should be making that this year, and or make $300,000 a year for the last two years for a family of husband and wife. And so what they want to do is they have two competing arguments over it, which I've come out to see that looks like they're not going to do anything, or at least they haven't decided what they're going to do, because one side wants to make it harder to get into these deals because it's, quote, unquote, making it dangerous. So one side of the Democratic Party wants to make it less dangerous, and they hate entrepreneurialism, so they want to tamp down the possibility that people can actually get into these kinds of deals. And so they want to raise that million dollars up to 10 million and really freeze out everybody but the very rich from getting into these types of deals. Why? Because they want to protect you from yourself. The other side of the Democratic Party, however, which is pushing all this stuff, is saying, no, no, no. We want to make it easier for people to get into these deals because the minorities, the uneducated, the unsophisticated, the lower impoverished people can't afford They don't qualify to get into these deals, so they're not getting to take advantage of this type of an investment. They're being screened out of this possibility, and they don't think that's fair. They want inclusion and equity and everything in life, so they want these people to be able to get into these kinds of deals. Now, the point is these people that they want to get into these deals don't have enough money that if they lost it, they could really afford to lose that money. They really can't afford to take that risk. And they really have no way of identifying if it's a good deal or not. Now, so what the, one of the things they want to do is try to make it a, a situation where uh, you have to educate yourself. You have to take classes to become a sophisticated, a accredited investor. And really, in today's market, that's called a sophisticated investor. You know enough about what you're doing to get into it, but you're not accredited. You can't get in. To these deals unless you're accredited. A sophisticated person can only get in if they personally know the people associated with the deal. So they want to take this uh, uh, sophisticated investor and make them accredited through these, taking these classes and these tests type of a deal. The problem is, again, the undereducated, the unsophisticated, and the impoverished are not going to have the time, the money, nor the inclination to take the classes and pass the test. So again, I see nothing coming out of this unless the guys win who raise, you know, what it costs to get in or the amount you have to have to be able to get into the deal. Now, the reason the guy sent me the email in the first place, though, uh, is that he's afraid that if they change the qualifications, um, then it's going to be there's going to be less people that are available to do deals. And so you won't be able to raise as much capital uh, of people to get into these deals. Uh, or in his case, since he's the accredited, he's a sophisticated investor, he can get into these private deals in our group because he's within a private group. Uh, he's afraid that if there's no sophistic- or accredited investors and you can only take 35 sophisticated investors in a deal, that getting rid of all the accredited investors will fill up all the sophisticated slots very quickly, and hence, you won't be able to get into deals. The answer is, in all cases, is we have way more deals than you have money to invest in. And I get deals every single day. You could go you could go totally cash broke if you went into every deal that came across your desk once you're a Lifestyles member. So you're not going to do it. It's just not going to happen. You're going to have way more deals to go into then not the next one that came to me said uh, i'm a member just getting started me and my brother have five rental houses i bought another house with an investor uh with an investor with intent to flip it and raise some capital okay this is probably outside of lifestyles unlimited the market dropped around here colorado springs and it's not selling i would rather keep the house as a rental per guidance i'm finding it very difficult to refinance this house how, the LUI, how are LUI members able to pick and, fi- pick and finance so many properties? Um, BTW, house is worth uh, around $520,000. So here's a situation where a guy made a decision before he became a Lifestyles member to buy this house to flip. I don't like flips, right? So he goes on and says, uh, I'm trying to do what you told me to do. Which is turn it into a rental property. Well, the problem with that is, is that uh, it goes on and says, I remember just getting started. Me and my brother have five rentals. Uh, Market has dropped. We want to flip this $500,000 house. And I wrote back to him. I said, Mark, I don't remember giving any guidance to rent out a $500,000 house. He wrote back, no. I mean, you said flipping houses doesn't get me where I want to go. Okay. I did say that. It's still just a job. 500,000 K used to be a lot around here. Now the median home is three is 400,000. Nothing under 200,000 and barely anything under 300,000. So his rationalization is that because he lives in an area where all the houses, the median price is 400,000 and that the cheap houses there are 300,000 that we're buying that kind of house. And that's why, how can we finance it? The answer is we don't buy that expensive house. And we can finance a lot of them because we don't buy that expensive house. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.